As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dr. Tim Jordan, right back here with you with another episode of Raising Daughters. As a lot of you probably know, because you have been following me for a while, I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician, which means that I have a background as a pediatrician, an MD, but I did a two-year fellowship in something called developmental and behavioral pediatrics, and I stopped doing medicine about 30 years ago and started functioning as a counselor. And I, I counsel girls, grade school, middle school, high school, and in all the way into the college years, Most of them, I would say, are middle school and high school. And I like to do these podcasts around issues that I hear from kids, teens, and their parents, things that they're going through, struggles and challenges that parents have with raising a daughter. And the, the topic today is, is a really important one. I, I work on this in my counseling practice with girls and their parents a lot. I decided to entitle this podcast, Parent and Love the Child That You Have. Because sometimes it's hard to do that. Girls who I've counseled in my counseling practice, some of them may have been in some of my retreats or my camps as well. I'll always change the names so that they can remain anonymous. But the stories are true. I'll tell you to begin with here is one that happened not that long ago. It kind of triggered me to want to do a podcast on this topic. I was giving a talk to a small group of parents. There are about 30 or 40 parents in this room. And we were talking about motivation. And one of the moms raised her hand. She said, I, I have a question about my daughter. She's 14 years old, and she is not motivated to do anything. She is so lazy, so unmotivated. And the mom even said this, I'll never forget. She said, if they ever invent a remote control for your TV or the, in the computer, that you can activate by just blinking your eyes should be the first one in line to buy it because she is so lazy. And everybody kind of laughed. But then a couple of the other moms, and by the way, these people, most of them knew each other. One of the moms said, that's not true that she's not motivated. She said, my kids love her. Anytime you guys come over, they always say, oh my gosh, you know, Janie's coming over. I'm going to play with Janie. She said, she's so good with kids. The other mom said, you know, we live down the street from you guys, and my kids are always on, out in the street looking to see if your daughter's going to come out and play with them. Mom said, well, yeah, she likes to do, work with kids. That's true. She said, and she even told me that she thinks she wants to be a preschool teacher when she grows up. If I told her there's no way I'm, I'm going to let her do that, I will not pay for her college if she goes and gets a preschool education degree. I think she needs to go to a, a, more like a professional school, like to become a lawyer. And there was a lot of groaning 
in the audience. This mom herself was a very high-powered, intense uh, lawyer, and she was having a hard time seeing her daughter for who she was. I hear a lot of girls complaining in my retreats and in my counseling practice, complaining that their parents don't see them. My parents don't understand me. They don't accept me for who I am. Uh, they can't relate to me. I can't relate to them because we're so different. They're always trying to change me to be more like them. If I've heard those complaints once, I've heard them a thousand times. Came out, I think, March 24th of 2022. And so go back and on in my website at www.drtimjordan.com and check on the section that has all the podcasts. And go back and, and re-listen to that if you have, have or have not. Because the topic was about uh, what I call the vulnerable child syndrome or ghosts in the nursery. And I was describing how sometimes parents have a hard time parenting their kids and seeing their kids as they are because they have some old stories, some old baggage. The ghost in the nur nursery concept I love because it's Selma Freiberg coined that phrase a long time ago, back in the 50s, I believe. She was seeing moms in her psychoanalysis uh, sessions who were stuck in their parenting. And when she got a history from them, she realized that they had some old unfinished business from their childhoods, old unresolved uh, challenges, adversities, feelings. And those feelings and that old baggage were coming back and haunting their parenting in the present moment because they were unresolved. And I think a lot of times when, I, when parents have a hard time seeing their daughters for who they are, a hard time accepting them for who they are, I think it's because they have an old story that's, that's theirs. Sometimes we may judge that quality we see in our daughters. We see that quality in ourselves. We don't like it. And so we want to change our daughters. Sometimes we may see some behavior, some quality in our daughter that reminds us of somebody from our past who triggered us, uh, who may have created a lot of drama in your life, in your family, in your friendships, whatever. And so what happens is parents put their story into their daughter's story where it does not belong. And it makes it really hard for them to see their daughters for who they are. And how much her daughter was eating and her daughter's weight and all that. And her daughter you know, was of normal weight just by, by me looking at her. And I didn't think she had an eating disorder or body dysmorphia. But I was wondering, you know, wonder why her mom is so into all this. Why is she so triggered by this? And then when I got a little bit of history, she started talking about how she had a, an, an older sister growing up who had an eating disorder. And it created a lot of chaos, havoc in the family. She, she sucked a lot of attention and energy from her parents. And so that was this mom's story, which is why she was seeing something in her daughter that was not really there. When I listen to girls. I hear their stories about how their family doesn't understand them or see them for who they are. And I validate them. I help them to see that they are okay, that they're fine, that they don't need to change. It's amazing the relief that comes to them. We're like they've finally been seen. They've finally been heard, understood, accepted, big smiles, lots of relief. And that's what our daughters need from us. I saw a girl a couple of years ago. And she was in some power struggles with her dad because her dad was really into her sports. And this girl had been playing lacrosse for a couple of years. And she, she was good at it. Actually, she was very good at it. She was playing on this, this travel team. 
uh, but she didn't like it that much. She wanted to go back and play more soccer. She wanted to have some more time with her friends. And she wanted to quit, and her dad wouldn't let her. He would go to her games and scream from the sidelines. He was always coaching her, coaching her from the stands at the games. He would coach her all the way home in the car. And she was burned out. And so when I talked to the dad and her together, I, I tried to ask some questions to see if we could uncover his story, if you will. And there was a huge story. When he was in high school, he, he was into sports a lot. Uh, but his parents were really busy for lots of reasons, so they never came to his games. He said, I never remember my parents ever once coming to any of my football games, my soccer games. And then when he was a sophomore in high school, he broke his neck playing football. And he was told by his, his orthopedic surgeons that he should never play contact sports again, which was a huge loss for him. So now fast forward 20 years, and it makes sense why he's so into his daughter's sports, that he's living his life through her. She's not that into, the, into lacrosse. She's not that into sports like he is, but, but it's been hard for him to see her and hear her and respect her wishes because of his story. I hope that makes sense to you. I've seen a lot of moms, especially over the years, who are pushing their daughters to be more outgoing. In the office, they'll say, speak up. And they'll say, she's so quiet and she's too quiet and she's not taking care of herself. She has a hard time, you know, talking to strangers, all these kinds of things. So this girl for her whole life has been hearing a message that she's too shy. She's not okay. She should be more outgoing. When in reality, most of the time when I actually spend some time with these girls just one-on-one without the mom being in the room, or maybe they'll come to my, my retreats or my camps, what I find is they are a little bit slow to warm up, but they do warm up. They're, they're not too quiet. They're just, you know, maybe an introvert. They're just quiet by nature. It takes them a little while to warm up, which is okay. But, but there's all, usually a story about why the moms are pushing. Like maybe they were quiet. I've seen a lot of moms who had a story about being quiet and shy when they were growing up and didn't have a good social life, didn't have friends didn't get act out, asked out on dates, and they don't want their daughters to go through what they did, and so they are going to push them to be more outgoing. I wonder how many of you listening to this podcast can relate to that. I, I've seen several moms also who, who insist right in front of their daughters that they have poor self-esteem, they have low self-esteem, and it's I always, it always cringe. It makes me cringe when I hear that, when the parent talking about the daughter like that. I'm sure if they talk about, talk about like that in front of me, it must be a lot more often and a lot worse when they're at home. And a lot of times when I talk to the girls by themselves, they're, they're fine. They, they don't really have low self-esteem. Like they may be cautious by nature. They may, they may not be a risk taker. They may, they may have some stories in their life, but it doesn't mean they have low self-esteem. And I think a lot of those moms are insecure themselves. And many times they're projecting their own poor self-esteem onto their daughters where it does not belong. Stories about kids and their parents, if, you, if, you're, not getting, if you're not getting the gist of this. I think you are, but let me just tell you a few more stories. Uh, some more examples of, of how parents sometimes don't understand their daughters. I've seen a lot of 
of kids where their parents were very educated and very intense with their education, very goal-driven. And then they have this daughter who's a free spirit, a daughter who's more artsy, a daughter who wants to have her own path. Maybe she's not into college, doesn't want to go to college. I saw a girl a couple years ago who, who fit that mold. Very cool girl. She came to our camps for years. I loved her to death. Really cool kid. I always said that she was one of those girls who seems like they should have been born in the 60s. She just had that spirit of rebellion and a uh, free spirit, just wanted, wanting to try things, wanting to do things different, didn't want to follow the traditional path, if you will, which in this case, when she was 18, was she didn't really want to go to college. And she went for a semester and did okay, but wasn't into it, went to the second semester, and then she really started getting uh, depressed because she just did not want to be doing it. At the end of the semester, she said, I'm not going back. And so she got a job in the college town. She was working some waitress jobs and she got a, a stupid boyfriend for a while who was not good to her. She broke up with him, saved some money, and then she said, to, I remember having a cup of coffee with her and she told me, I've always wanted to travel. I want to go on some adventures. My spirit is telling me I need to get out of here and just, you know, travel. And so she did. And she, she joined this program that's called Woofing. W-O-O-F, like a dog barking. And there are places all over the world where you can sign up and go and work for free. This girl went to, to Europe. She found an organic farm and she signed on with about 10 other, other young people around her age. So she worked the farm and they taught her how to do organic farming. They taught her how to do some beekeeping. She had all kinds of things like that, learning some skills. But, but it, more importantly, she was doing it for herself. When she was done with her six-week uh, job, then she traveled uh, to several countries with, with the, her new friends. She went, went back and found another one of these woof places and did some more work for six weeks, then traveled some more. I talked to her off and on during this time, and I had a cup of coffee with her when she came back, and she was so happy. <laughs> she had finally kind of found what she, she wanted to do, and, and she's old enough now that you know she can do it. And even though her parents still don't quite understand, don't you want to go to college? Don't you want to get a degree? It's okay because she's finding it her own way. I wouldn't be surprised if she went back and got more education when she's ready, but I'm so proud of her for, for branching out on her own. I see that a lot with parents who are intense, when, who have that kind of easygoing kid who doesn't seem in their mind to be motivated because they're not like them. Parents will tell me, and this is maybe like a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old, that they're, they're worried because their daughter doesn't have an intense passion yet. She doesn't really have a thing, hasn't found her thing yet. And I'm like, she's nine. Or even if she's 16, it's okay. We, always, we all find our things, our passions at different times. I got a call years ago from a mom from Dallas, Texas. She was a uh, newspaper reporter and she would call me several times a year and to get some ideas for a story she was writing. And I remember she she would always pick my brain about her son. I remember the last time she we, we talked, her son was a either a junior or a senior in high school. And she was talking about how unmotivated he was. 
like that girl I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And her son was, he, you know, he's, he's really bright and he could be getting straight A's, but he's only getting C's and a few B's. And, and I don't you know, he's not really that talking about college yet. And I don't know, he's, he's not motivated. I don't know what to do. And I said to her, I don't believe he's not motivated. I said, I believe he's not motivated in the way you want him to be or in what you want him to do. But I don't believe he's not motivated. What is he into? What does he like to do? I'll never forget this mom said, well, he likes politics. I mean, he, he reads all these biographies of, of presidents and senators, and he does a lot of reading of history. He even this past year created on his own a political science club in his high school. And when I hear stories like that, I have no concerns about a kid like that who's taking initiative. He's following his interests. He's pouring himself into something. Now, it may not be in his mathematics or his schoolwork at this moment, but I know that that passion, that interest, that engagement can be transferred to anything that will make him a successful adult. I see sometimes parents who are very sporty, who played a lot of sports growing up, they're really into sports, and then they get this artsy kid, (laughs) a theater kid, if you will, and they don't know how to parent this kid because he's he she's not into sports and and they keep pushing her into sports why don't you try this and try that and and the daughter's saying but I don't want to I'm not into sports I'm not into the competition thing now I tell parents like that that a lot of the lessons that they want their daughter to learn in sports like being on a team and learn to to collaborate learn to learning to be a good teammate they can learn all of those same kinds of uh, qualities by being in theater, by being in a play, by being in the on the backstage, you know, uh, team that puts on, put, does the props or does the makeup. They're on a team. It's just not sports. I want them to see past their story into. I need to understand my daughter's wishes and her needs, her passions, and see things from her point of view. In the last six months, I've seen a couple of girls who have very intense competitive parents and the girl's not. She just doesn't have that, you know, aggressive competitive spirit, especially when it comes to sports. And I've seen two of them uh, who are swimmers and they're swimming on this high level swim team, but they've chosen not to compete. They go because they like to swim. They go because they like the exercise and they go because they like being with their friends, but they don't want the competition thing. I'm, I'm so proud of those girls for setting the boundary. I'm also proud of those parents for finally listening to their daughter's needs and her wishes. Doris, and hopefully you, if you do, you will be able to step back and start to see your daughters in a different light. Ken Robinson, who wrote two books that I like a lot. One of them is called The Element. The other is called Finding Your Element. But how do you find your thing when you're in your element, if you will? And Ken Robinson at one point had the the number three rated most seen TED Talk of all time. Funny guy from Britain. I remember in his TED Talk, he he said, can you imagine, and he's saying this in his, you know, in his British droll. He said, can you imagine being the parents of Shakespeare? He said, imagine Shakespeare being seven years old. And his dad walks into his bedroom, it's, it's way past bedtime, and his son's light is still on. He, he walks in the room, and there's his son sitting in his bed, writing. And his dad's saying to Shakespeare, you need to go to bed now. 
and, and put that pencil down and stop speaking like that. It's confusing everybody. What a great example of not understanding and seeing something in your kids that's of value as opposed to judging it. It described this little girl who was playing in the yard, digging in the ground, and she found a a large bar of gold, like real gold. So she rushes inside the house to show her mom, but her mom was too busy making dinner to notice. So she put it in her mom's lap, and her mom said, move it out of the way. She's trying to get dinner ready. And the girl says, but mom, it's gold. It can make us rich. But her mom is so distracted that she's not impressed at all. So the girl's a little dejected, so she takes the bar of gold, takes it back outside and buries it underneath the tree. And once a week, she digs it up, pulls it out of the ground, holds it in her lap. But she starts doing this less and less as the months and the years go by. And finally, so much time has gone by, she forgets to dig it up at all. And she starts acting like everybody else, not as somebody who possesses a bar of real gold. Nice metaphor for us sometimes not recognizing the gold, if you will, in our children. Their special qualities, who they are, the way they see life, the way they want to do life, their passions, their hobbies, their interests, the way they see things. If we, if we deny that, if we don't accept it, if we try and change it over time, our kids may give up those parts of themselves that they feel like aren't okay, aren't good enough aren't noticed, and aren't affirmed. In our histories and our stories, sometimes we're, we're just not going to be able to support our, our, our daughters in that kind of a way. And that's when mentors can be invaluable. Other adults, Aunt Susie, an uncle, a grandparent, a teacher, a coach, a professor, an employer, an adult who can take your child aside, who can see them for who they are, because we're not their parents and we don't have all that other stuff in the way. And we can affirm them and see things in them that they can't see in themselves or affirm things in them that aren't being affirmed at home. I think that's true a lot. A lot. I've seen it over the years. Our camps now are 32 years old. I've seen it with campers sometimes with our camp counselors who become that person who sees them for who they are. It can't always be parents. And that's okay as long as somebody is there to affirm them. I remember when the uh, great artist Picasso was in school. He was six years of age. And when he would sit down uh, and to draw uh, or do his, his math, every time he saw a six, he didn't see a number. He saw a face. He saw a big nose. And he was judged and criticized, but it's who he was. I'm going to offer you two good movies that I think illustrate the point I'm making in this podcast today. The first one is called October Sky. It's one of Jake Gyllenhaal's first movies, and he and his dad butt heads a lot because they live in a small, and by the way, it's a true story. It's a, really, it's a good book. It's a really good movie. And anyway, his father works in the coal mines, and he just assumes his son's going to work in the coal mine like all the other boys and men in the town. But his son has has a different um outlook on life. His son does not want to work in the mine. He sees how much his dad suffers. His dad's coughing all the time. And he has an interest in science and he ends up with this interest in making rockets. And so he gets three of his buddies and they start to build rockets and everybody supports him in the town eventually except his dad. 
because his dad just can't see it. Watch the movie. It's called October Sky. And the other one, I think, that is also a good movie. By the way, that's a good movie to watch with your kids. The other one is called Simon Birch. Love that movie. It's about these two boys who become friends. And one of them is um, a boy who's who's never known his dad. He, he lives, lives with his mom. The other one is this little tiny dwarf, little tiny kid. And his parents don't like him when he was born. His parents are like, oh, my gosh, what, this is like a little monster we have here. Never got the love and acceptance at home. But he found that in his friend. And he found it in his friend's mom. And there's all kinds of people in this little boy's life. Uh, his teacher, uh, the minister of the church, who just don't get him. It's a great story. Great, great uh, story. It's called uh, it's a great movie called Simon Birch. Watch that with your kids. Another person who wasn't always understood growing up was the famous Beatle John Lennon. And he related a story one time that when he was five years old, his mom had always told him that happiness was a key to life. He said, when I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I wrote down in my paper, I want to be happy. And the teacher read it and told him he didn't understand the assignment. And John Lennon told the teacher they didn't understand life. Nice story about somebody who was not vanilla, saw life in a different way. I saw this other story recently about um, this kid. And the teacher one day made uh, the kids in the class write a story about what they wanted to be when they were big, when they were all grown up. And this uh, little girl wrote that, that she wanted to concentrate first on just being little. I just want to be little. For She said, I'd rather be old than a grown-up. I'd rather be young. I'd rather be my age. I'd rather stay small or be old because all grown-ups are angry. None of them are happy. It's only kids and old people who laugh a lot. The teacher read all this, returned the, uh, returned the paper and said, this little girl didn't understand the task. And the little girl said, I don't think you understand my answer. And I think sometimes we don't understand our kids because sometimes we have our own stories that get in the way. Gibran, G-I-B-R-A-N. And it goes like this. It's a famous quote. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and the daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hands be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he also loves the bow that is stable." I love that quote. It's not our job to mold our kids into our vision, what we think they should be. It's not our job to, to mold them into who we are or who we think they should be. It's our job to appreciate them for who they are. 
if any of these stories resonated, then I want you to step back from yourselves and stop trying to make your child quieter, louder, more outgoing, more interested in things that their sibling likes or that you like. And I want you to appreciate the unique and uh, individual small person you've been given. I want you to learn to love and parent the child that you have, not the child that you want to have. Cast from March 24th of 2022 about the vulnerable child syndrome and uh, the ghost in the nursery. I think that'll also help bring this, this podcast to light. Um, if you like this podcast, the stories might be interesting for you to listen to with your daughter to stimulate some conversation. You might even go to your daughter and say, are there ever any times where you feel like I'm trying to make you something that you're not? And then listen to what she has to say. I'll be back here in a week with another podcast. Always feel free to pass these on to your friends. I appreciate it. I'm getting more and more uh, listeners, and I really appreciate that as well. If you have any uh, uh, interest in all the things that I do, the camps and the retreats and my books and all that, and also to check out that uh, old podcast, uh, just go to the website at www.drtimjordan.com, like drtimjordan.com. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you back here. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.